I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead and joining me. As always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the finals fiend, and the one more thinking, what you got for me, Isaac Harris? Man, um, okay, so we're going to talk about the 2011 Dallas Mavericks starting today. We're going to talk about them for a while, or at least for the next, what, I don't know, week weeks. or so? Two, Two weeks. weeks. Let's go. Um, so that's definitely, I spent a decent part of my Sunday afternoon uh, reliving some of the pathway to that finals that year. And it's just so good. But before we get into it, I do want to ask your opinion on something. Woj tweeted out a few days ago that oh the NBA oh boy, and ESPN is uh, debating on hosting Whether LeBron's a, better than Jordan? Oh, God. Here we go. It's going to be a week. Uh, the week before the the Jordan doc, they're going to do who's how better. How many LeBron titles does LeBron have to win to even be considered? <laughs> anyway, uh, in my mind, he's... Yeah, anyway. There's just no but, conversation about LeBron being good that you can have. That's bullcrap. I can be like... I've, I've told you how great he is. He he's can't, one be of, a great, can't be the greatest player ever. He can't be the MVP this year. It's just like LeBron's I, I, out of all conversation I do not think you. that LeBron can be the greatest player at this point. I do not think that. He's the, but is anyway, he the, is he the greatest player currently playing? Yeah, for sure. Okay, I think he's the top three favorite, uh, like best player of all time. Wow, top that's three. that's for sure. Yeah, top three for sure. Okay. I, I him him MJ Wilt, those three are in my top three. But um, the horse tournament that Woj tweeted about. Oh boy, what uh, what are your thoughts about this? I just don't think that technically it's gonna. They're gonna pull it off. I mean, I, I watched a, s- very briefly the two K tournament that they had, and it just does. It just doesn't work, right? Having, having, having. They're oh, still, still going. Yeah, okay. That shows how how interested I was. Like I, I'm, I'm into the two K league. I'm very into that, but I'm just not into players playing it. It just doesn't really work. The, you know, the video is not good looking. You know, there's there's a certain level of. Of content that we're okay with on Instagram, but that's totally yeah. different when you turn on ESPN, right? Yeah, it's just a yeah. different level. Yeah, I'm not a fan of 2K tournament, guys. I have to be honest, I'm not a fan of this horse thing that could be happening and seeing these players try to pull off different trick shots. And then you got to have players that have their own like basketball goal, unless you want Luca, you know, shooting on a Nerf hoop uh, with his <laughs> dogs or something. I just don't find it that entertaining. Honestly, the only NBA or basketball idea right now that I found any bit of appealing that I would tune into is Ice Cube's big three idea of the referees, players being quarantined in a bachelor style in like a mansion somewhere and play like a brother style. I would watch all of that. Like I would be all here for that. Joe Johnson, Deshaun Stevenson and all these guys uh, trapped inside of a house and living together and. I would be all about that, but I don't see how that's going to happen either. Trap the, here's the thing. It's like Big Brother. You trap him in the house, right? And then everything's fair game. All of a sudden, it's a, it's a mini season, right? And then you have a trade deadline. You have you know the playoffs. You have all this stuff. Can you imagine the conversations we could hear if there was a trade deadline? Coaches are over like, in the study, and they're like, hey, I'll give you this player if you give me. 
It would be entertaining. They have like cups on the wall and the, the players are trying to listen <laughs> to what they're saying. It's one of those things where it would be entertaining, but I can't tell if it would be entertaining because we have nothing else. Yeah. Or <laughs> if, if I would watch it if we had normal NBA stuff going on. Right. Right. Also, I do want to credit the NBA and ESPN for trying stuff. Like, keep, keep trying stuff. Eventually, one of these things is going to work, but this is not it for me. Yeah, try. Sure. Go for it. What is it for me is the 2011 NBA Finals. Like Isaac said, we're spending the next two weeks diving into the finals, sort of like our finals flashback, which we actually did three years ago, which is wild to think about. <laughs> three years ago, we did this, but now we're, we're bringing it back. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the road to the finals. We're going to talk about the 2011 regular season. So the 2010-11 season, how the team was made, uh, then the path to the finals. So basically all leading up to that, the Blazers series, the Lakers series, the Thunder series, and then we'll get to final storylines. So the big things leading up to the finals, why this meant so much for the Mavericks players, all things like that. So let's get right into it because I think Isaac and I, this could be a two-part episode because we just have so much stuff in this. This is so entertaining to go back and look at. Um, I want to walk through how this team was assembled. Um, oh, really? We haven't compared notes, and I literally have like two or three notes on trades that happened in early 2010. Huge. like huge. I, have, I have every player that was significant. Um, so Dirk obviously was drafted in, in 98. Dirk and Jet were the only players remaining from the 2006 finals team. So the, they were all the way back there. So they've been on the, the Mavericks for a long time. In the 2006-07 season, J.J. Barea was undrafted free agent and he signed to the team and so he was right after that so those are the three longest tenured at the time in 2008 in february so at the trade deadline the huge devin harris for jason kidd trade um there's a whole bunch of things that moved around and stuff the mavericks actually so they sent devin harris and two first round picks for jason kidd antoine wright and malik allen like that's a huge trade Um, a big swing because jason kidd was was getting older at that point he would have been 35 that year 30 34 maybe uh, at that time, that was a massive trade. So they got Jason Kidd back. And and that's a confusion sometimes with Mavs fans that sometimes people think that Devin Harris was on this championship team. Yeah. And I hate that he wasn't. I, I do, but that's how you got Jason Kidd. Because it gets kind of confusing because you see all these early pictures and stuff. And if you were watching the Mavericks back then, you you know they drafted Devin Harris. So like they had Devin at the beginning of his career. They had him for you know multiple stints of his career. But it's like the time in between those stints was when the Mavericks won the title. So he wasn't on the title team despite some I know sometimes that gets confusing but keep going so then in 2009 the summer of 2009 um, the Mavericks had a huge four team trade and essentially what they did is they sent Jerry Stackhouse Antoine Walker and Devin George who was on those uh, he's on a couple of the three Pete Lakers teams um, and then they, they got Sean Marion back basically and all that there's two other teams involved Jerry Stackhouse went to Memphis Antoine Walker Devin George went to Toronto the Magic and the, and the Grizzlies were in there Mavericks also got Chris Humphreys in the deal um, you know of Kardashian fame and Greg there's Buckner. a there's a lot of backstory stuff too I don't want to dive into a lot right here but of that trade how that trade happened um, just everything Devin George's role in that trade and just Jerry Stackhouse anyway but that, dive into it sometimes people if you want to hear funny good story but they basically get um, Sean Marion who was with the Raptors at the time I, I did not go back far enough to see why he was with the Raptors at that point but they end up getting the Matrix. Uh, then the next year, 
uh, that next season, February 2010, so the, this is the season before the Mavericks finals run that we'll talk about, is the Karan Butler, Brendan Haywood, Deshaun Stevenson trade for Josh Howard, Drew Good, and James Singleton and Quentin Ross. That is a, that was a huge one. Uh, Massive Kar- trade. Karan yes. Butler should have been a bigger part. We'll definitely talk about him. But Brendan Haywood and Deshaun Stevenson were very key role players in that run, uh, and it doesn't happen without them. Well, yeah, I mean, even Karam Butler. That uh, this is this has been my my thing for with this uh, 2011 team is. I don't think the Mavericks get credit enough for winning that title without Karan Butler because, yeah, they traded Josh Howard, which I love Josh Howard, one of my favorite Mavericks, and they they made that deal earlier in the year, you know, February 2010, and sent Josh Howard out for for Karan Butler. But it's crazy because, you know, Karan Butler, if you want to say headliner, but it's the other two players that played kind of a bigger role for the Mavericks because Butler got hurt, you know, in, in January of that uh, 2011 or 10-11 season. But yeah, huge trade that brings you three guys that play key roles on your team. And Josh Howard basically fell off, right? Yeah, I mean, right after that, I mean, he really went down. He was the All Star in 07, and then uh, what is this? Three years later, he was traded to the Wizards, and he, then he played for the the Jazz and the Timberwolves, and his career is pretty much he only he didn't even play. 70 more games his whole NBA career. That's pretty wild. Bummer. I that, love Josh yeah, Howard. Bummer for him. Uh, so that then the summer, the summer before uh, the Mavericks make the finals, uh, they trade to Charlotte. They sent Eric Dampier, uh, Eduardo Nahara, Matt Carroll for Tyson Chandler and Alexis Agensa. Uh, that was a really big trade too. Uh, I think a lot of Mavs fans are very happy to see Eric Dampier leave. I feel like that was a a guy uh, I hear about a lot. As far as Mavericks fans were very upset with him in the way that he, he played and that they did not like the fit. Yeah, and this another thing. The small part of this trade is they sent Nahara out, and it's like I wonder now, you know, in hindsight, I wonder Nahara, who's very well connected to the organization and everything. Uh, I wonder how many times he looks back and like, dang, like. I was just like, you know, less than a year away from I could have been on that title team. And now, just like Devin Harris, we got Tyson Chandler in that deal. So uh, could you have gotten Tyson without giving up Nahara? I don't know. But um, yeah, you definitely make that move. And you bring in a young, uh, feisty Tyson Chandler who I I went and watched a lot of. Yeah, we're going to talk about games, but I just went and watched a lot of different footage and stuff from that, uh, that playoff run and some from that season. And I just... I'm glad I the other night on our live we did we we go live on hot, hot mic on Thursday nights and uh, we do our live pods on there and somebody asked a question I might not even been on this one this could have been on when Nick was solo somebody asked a question who was more important kid or Tyson I said Tyson and I I stand by that even more because his passion and energy for this team that that's exactly what they needed when they traded for him when they did yeah I think it was on I do some of the class I've been doing a bunch of classic games and it was either you know game one of the 2011 run against the Blazers or it was uh, I think I did game five the other day of the finals so uh, by the way Isaac and I are planning to do some kind of rewatch one rewatch each week either with game two and then game six probably uh, in some capacity I'm not sure it's going to be on hot mic but we'll figure out what it's going to be but look out for that on Twitter at locked on mass at Nick Van Exit at Isaac L. Harris uh, okay let, let me fly through the rest of these and then we'll uh, come back and we'll talk about the map season so uh, they signed Brian Cardinal to 2010. They signed Ian Mahimi uh, in the summer of 2010. Those are their only really signings. They had made all their moves pretty much at that point. And then they get Pedro Sujakovic January 2011. Uh, I think he was bought out. And then Corey Brewer, too. Um, he was bought out. And they got him March 2011 in the buyout market. 
Yeah, Peja for sure. You know, he was on the Raptors back then. It was waived in that first part of January. They pick him up. They pick him up. And it was literally like two weeks after the Karan Butler injury. And man, what a pickup. I mean, a lot of times when these waiver moves happen uh, or you pick up somebody there, uh, you know, midseason, sometimes those small moves like that, you pull, pick up somebody off waivers, it doesn't have a, a big impact. But Man, what an impact Peza Stockovich had on the, on this Mavs team, especially in that Lakers series. Huge, and we'll get to that in a minute. Coming up, we'll get to the Mavericks' run to the finals. We'll get to their season, why it was so significant, and then we'll talk about the Mavericks actually in the finals. Coming up. But before we do, Isaac, let me tell you about one of life's ultimate hacks. It's hard to find time to sit down and read and learn more. Right now, everybody out there has so much time to read things, but I know for me, uh, I still want to just get stuff as much as possible uh, to get down to the point of things. I want to, you know, condense versions. And Blinkist is a thing that is so unique right now. It works on your phone, your tablet, and your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes. So imagine how much information you can take in, how much you can learn in this time. In just 15 minutes, you can read a book with Blinkist. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points out of a book quickly. You can start using that information right away on your own podcast or wherever you want to. Uh, and with the audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute. Or right now, if you just want to take a walk outside, get, put a Blinkist on and go uh, learn some stuff on your lunch break while you exercise, whatever you decide to do. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our listeners, the Locked On Mavs listeners. Go to Blinkist.com NBA. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off your subscription. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free trial and also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. All right, Isaac, a few more points about the Mavericks 2010-2011 season before we get to the actual finals run. Um, This was the third season of Rick Carlisle. I think that's kind of significant. He was still a fairly new coach at this point to the Mavericks. His uh, coaching staff was famously Dwayne Casey, Terry Stotts. Uh, DA Daryl Armstrong was was there back then. He's the only one still on the you know the coaching staff at this point. Brad Davis was player development. I guess he was he's still with the Mavericks at this point now, uh, you know, in present day. And then Casey Smith, the trainer, was still that was yeah. still there uh, back then. He had a couple others. Uh, on the coaching staff, but those are the 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 three mainstays, I guess, are Daryl Armstrong, Brad Davis, and Casey Smith. But Dwayne Casey obviously went to the Raptors, won one coach of the year. Then he went; he's now with the Pistons. Terry Stotts went off to the Blazers, and uh, he's had a pretty good tenure there. Uh, so he's uh, had to be with the Blazers for a while, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean, I, that's I, a long time. Yeah, because um, I mean, yeah, Dallas plays Portland this first round in 2011, and Nate McMillan's their head coach in that series, and uh, so I guess you know Stotts takes over. Over, I can't remember when he took over. He Portland, took over 2010 or 2012, 2013. Okay, so a year and a half later, or whatever it is. So he's now um, been eight seasons. That's wild. So yeah, those two, you know, those two guys for sure are still head coaches in the league, still mm-hmm. very well respected around the league, and uh, it's been cool to see. Uh, I remember uh, back, I guess, like three years ago uh, in Dallas. It's funny because somebody said this on uh, one of our live chats uh, a few weeks ago, but. Uh, 
I was uh, walking to the arena for a shoot around and Terry Stotts was walking out of the arena and I stopped and talked to him just for a second and he said he was going to Katy Trail. It's this uh, biking trail right next to the <laughs> arena. It comes out at the at the Mavs arena, but it kind of goes up through Dallas and it's kind of hard to explain if you haven't been here, but he goes and walks that a lot and he, when he visits Dallas and he said that was a staple for him when you know he lived here and stuff so uh, he just uh, anytime I've interacted with him he seems like an awesome guy I've never interacted with Dwayne Casey but um, but yeah that yeah this coaching staff still going strong in the league the Karan Butler injury was was massive. We mentioned the trade earlier, but he only ended up playing like 29 games in this season, uh, and that was a huge blow. And a lot of people thought that the Mavericks' playoff run was kind of kind of stopped at that point. He started all 29 games. He was supposed to be, you know, their three. They were really, you know, um, he Sean Marion only started 27 games this whole season. It's kind of yeah. wild to look back and see that uh, Karan Butler was getting the start over Sean Marion. But that's, I mean, that's the way that it was. Yeah, this is yeah, this is my thing with this because Karan, man, when they they traded for him, you know, he was just thirty years old. It's not like some people think that you know this Karan Butler thing of like, oh, okay, he got injured. But some people think he's like mid thirties, and it's like, oh, okay, well, he's at the end of his career. He's like thirty five. You know what? No, he was still a good basketball player. I mean, you they're viewing him as this like second secondary scorer uh, alongside Jet. You know, as far as you know, after Dirk, and even in some of these playoff series, I, I was watching some of the finals. Uh, again the other day and hearing Jeff Van Gundy when Dirk was off the floor I hear Jeff Van Gundy saying I just don't know where this Mavericks team is just going to create offense right now and if they don't have Dirk on the floor and blah 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 that was the role Karan Butler was supposed to have is just like another scoring option with Jet and I looked at the starting lineup uh, at the uh, on opening night for the Mavericks in that season and it was Jason Kidd, Jason Terry, Karan Butler, Dirk and Tyson and Deshaun Stevenson didn't play and is to see how this you know how that shifted because yeah like you said Butler uh, I think Butler was averaging 15 points a game Jason Terry was right at 15.8 points a game those were the second third leading scorers on the Mavericks right there so losing him was a big deal but it, it did have make them shift their roster or their starter starters around a little bit because I think Deshaun started. He started starting uh, before you know Karan's injury. But then, yeah, they they insert Sean Marion to the lineup, and then you kind of have this starting lineup there of of Kid, you know, Stevenson, Marion, Dirk, and Tyson. Yeah, and the, the Mavericks starting lineup. Remember at the beginning of this the 2019-2020 season, we talked about the starting lineup and how it changed all the time. Um, the only players that started every single game for you know the, every game that they played for this 2011 team was Jason Kidd, Tyson Chandler, Dirk. Uh, and Karan Butler. And then the next guys that got pretty close, uh, Roddy Bobois, Roddy B, started Roddy tw- B. started 26 of the 28 games that he played. Deshaun Stevenson started 54 of the 72 games that he played. Um, Sean Marion started 27 of the 80 games that he played. Uh, so they moved, and then uh, Page started 13 games. Jason Terry started 10 games. I mean, they really he really moved the lineup around a lot around basically those three you know mainstays. Uh, the older guys, but I thought that that was pretty significant. The Mavericks also, um, they had a 10 season, 50 win streak going. So they won 50 games in 10 straight seasons going into this season. They also had a 10 season playoff streak. Uh, it was pretty significant. Um, and they had only, well, we, we can talk about the playoffs in a second, but, uh, they had two young pieces that were, were pretty interesting. I read like a preview of this season. Uh, I think it was actually by Andy Bailey and he was for Bleacher Report at the time. Uh, and he said the two young, interesting pieces on the Mavs were Roddy B and Dominique Jones. 
Uh, and this was the year after Roddy B had that 40 point game against the Warriors. So he was like yeah. the up and coming, like super exciting young guy. Uh, and he started most of the games that he played. Um, but that was the, the really young guy that was interesting <laughs> for this team. We I need, thought that was interesting. We need to do a whole pod on Roddy B's 40 point game. We, pro- <laughs> we probably should. <laughs> Might as well. This is the time to do it, if any. <laughs> you said, you know, the the 50 win streak, and I did want to mention this before we get into a playoff run. Two things going into the season. The Mavericks over-under for this season was 49 and a half wins. Uh, they obviously hit the over on that because they won 57 wins. Yeah. Uh, but this this part was wild to me, and I actually have the odds pulled up, and I don't want to put you on the spot and say guess the teams above them, but they uh, well, going into the, the season. Odds, so there's a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Their preseason odds going into the season, the Mavericks were a plus 2,000 to win the title. <laughs> there were six other teams in front of them. In the West or in general? In general. Okay, so the... And, the the Heat are definitely one of them. Heat Heat their over under number was at sixty four and a half. That's a good number. Wow. From, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you're talking you're talking about championship odds, or are you talking about uh, T- title odds? Yeah, my bad. I was just mentioning that. Yeah. The Heat were a plus one seventy five, <laughs> <laughs> which is wild. That's like, yeah, and the Mavericks were a plus two thousand. You have to bet. Yeah, that's wild. You have to bet. Uh, $175 to win $100, right? So like that's when when you go to a, when you go to plus that's when your odds kind of flip and so like the Mavericks you can bet you know whatever okay. So um the Lakers are up there cuz they had just come off Laker, two, two finals. Lakers were in second at a plus 250. Are the Celtics still up there? The Celtics were in third at a plus 1000. Are the Bulls up there cuz the Bulls were in the finals? The Bulls were fifth at plus 1400. Is is too early for the Thunder? The Thunder are are six in front of the Maverick, right in front of the Mavericks, and they're at plus sixteen hundred. So there's one more team, right? One more team in the Eastern Conference. They actually went to the finals against your boys, uh, but lost. I guess it was oh, the Magic. after this. Yeah, the Magic. Uh, with young Dwight and stuff. But it's just crazy Dwight. to look back at this and say the Mavericks were plus two thousand. Like I know this is just off the top of my head, but like when was the last team that's had that low of odds to win a title? I mean, when I don't, I don't know. And it also works. I mean, that would be like, man, it it it'd have to be a team that won. It would have to be like that Cleveland team or the or the like the Raptors because the Raptors probably had odds like that last year because to get odds that low (laughs) to be a team that's this good, you have to have a team that's so overwhelmingly ever like the public is going to bet on. So yeah, you know the Warriors then the, um, you know. Man, this is what the the heat at the heat in 2011. Uh, that's pretty wild. Okay, uh, this. You get it to the first round. Man, we, we yeah, we're definitely gonna have to push this to, to, to two pods. This is fun to talk about. We we fun. both enjoy talking about this. I know we. I I feel like I can speak for Nick too. It's fun to go back and look at this stuff too, and that's why we wanted to dedicate two weeks to this because uh, yeah, three years ago uh, we we dedicated a whole week to it, but we wanted to stretch it out. We have the time too, and so we realized some of you might have just joined the Mavs, you know, fandom or fan club uh, after Luca. A lot of you come come on board with Luca and like. Hey, I always hear about 2011, but you maybe never like live through it or don't know every, you know, yeah, storylines and stuff too. So it, it is fun to look back on this. And I, I enjoy looking at the road to, road to the finals too. Yeah. So coming up, let's talk about the road to the finals. So let's get into uh, the Mavs playoff path, you know, before the playoffs and all that coming up. 
All right, Isaac, let's take a brief look at the Mavericks, you know, basically before the playoffs. So the Mavericks, uh, they actually ranked eighth in offensive rating, eighth in defensive rating, which is the perfect formula for a finals team. Uh, but they did have some pretty tough teams ahead of them. You mentioned the teams that had better finals uh, records. The Mavericks finished 57-25. and They were third in the West. Uh, the teams ahead of them were the, the Lakers were ahead of them. And, yeah. okay, I'm pulling it up. It was the Spurs and the Lakers. The Spurs had won 61 games that year. Uh, the Lakers were actually tied with them with 57 wins. Uh, and then the Thunder were right behind them with 55 wins. But that Lakers team was coming off of a was off, off of two finals wins plus another finals appearance before that when they lost to the, the Celtics. Uh, Kobe was at the you know basically the peak of his powers at this point. They had Pau Gasol. Andrew Bynum uh, was I thought rising. You said, I thought you were about to go the, uh, you know, they're tired. I'm like, you're not going to stay here and make excuse for this Lakers team. I mean, that comes up in this series for sure. Get okay. get all the way out of here. You cannot, <laughs> The team went. You're to not th- going to discredit this sweep at, when and Dirk outdueling Kobe with a hey, you know, we've been a couple years, you know, straight finals, so it was their time to, you know, it's just. That's just they they tired out. Should we do a, tw- a two? No. Should we do a 2007 pod too? Should we talk about that? How tired were that? Was that team? What the Mavs? Didn't they go on a China trip that year? <laughs> China trip. Okay, um, but so going into this, the Mavericks. Okay, so this is wild to me. Since 2006, the Mavericks had only won one playoff series before this. It wasn't like they, you know, after 2006 they lost, they lose in the finals, then they're back every year, right? They won one playoff series, you know, between 2006 and then 2011, which is wild. They were 10 and 17 in the playoffs in that stretch mm-hmm. after the 2006 loss and then, you know, into the 2010-2011 season. I thought that was wild, and it just sort of it sort of shows like the the drought and how desperate this team was at this point. Yeah, and it, and and I think it also shows you just where this team came from to win the title and how it did surprise a lot of people because yeah, you look at the teams they went through and just what you're talking about in the, in the West of having you know the Spurs and you know the the Lakers going for another three peat and this young OKC team with these superstars and Durant and Westbrook and Harden coming off the bench and Ibaka and they have all this young talent. It's like all right, and then you have this you know the the Mavericks with Dirk. And these vets that just all fit together perfect that, yeah, I mean, yeah, like we said, they're plus 2,000. Nobody really expected that. Uh, It was also interesting to look, you know, talking about an old veteran team, the conference finals teams were the Thunder, the Mavericks, the Bulls, and the Heat. The Bulls were, you know, obviously with Derrick Rose, look at the peak of his powers. He won won the MVP this year, right? Yes, yeah, he did. Yeah, he won the MVP this year. So it was Derrick Rose, it was uh, 26-year-old LeBron, 25-year-old LeBron. Um, man, so the, it was these young, and then obviously the Thunder, who had Durant, yeah. Westbrook, and Harden. It was these three young teams, and then this veteran Mavs team. And it's just wild to look at that field and think that the Mavericks are the ones that came out, you know, from that group. You, you were mentioning numbers going into the playoffs, and I just looked at where the Mavericks stood on some other stats, and I, th- I thought it was funny that they were fifth in the league in three point attempts per game in 2011, and they attempted 21 threes a game <laughs> and they're fifth in the league that's absolutely the bottom this like this <laughs> year <laughs> our over under that we set for this year was 37 i think and they destroyed uh, okay. it they were at 41 the mavericks this yeah. year attempted 41 threes a game it's wild it's insane absolutely wild 
Uh, I mentioned that Dirk and Jet were the only teams, the only players that remained from that that finals team. Um, but yeah, it was like I think we should get into the actual path to the playoffs tomorrow or at a different pod. Um, Ooh, I was so excited to talk about the Blazer series. <laughs> we'll, we'll go through the whole, the whole, you know, the whole run in the next one. But another thing that I'll mention, let's let's share this story now. Uh, I have a whole list of of reasons why that this team was super desperate and really had to get there. There's so many different players that had storylines and narratives going into this this actual playoffs. But yeah, the big one, October nineteenth, two thousand ten. What happened, Isaac Harris? October nineteenth, two thousand and ten. 2010, the, that's that fall. Um, gosh, I don't know. Jason the Jet Terry was hanging out not- was hanging out with his friend Deshaun Stevenson at his house in Orlando, and Jason Terry uh. decided to have Deshaun Stevenson's personal tattoo artist to <laughs> tattoo the Larry O'Brien trophy on his right bicep. So he put the trophy on his arm. Uh, at Deshaun Stevenson's house with Deshaun Stevenson's personal tattoo artist, which I thought was a good, uh, a good quote there. This is all from the Washington Post. I read an article about it. Here's the quote: When you have a tattoo, when you have a tattoo guy on your payroll, that's <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> Here's the quote from Deshaun Stevenson. How's my Let's dirt case, Deshaun Stevenson? All of that. Um, <sighs> my favorite shirt ever. He said, "When he first got the tattoo, I said he was crazy." I didn't have to say it to him, but I've never been to the NBA Finals, and for him to have that now, wow. He got that tattoo in October, and it means a lot with what we've been through. If Deshaun Stevenson tells you you're crazy, man. You're so, really there's crazy. Something in, <laughs> there's something <laughs> in the water there. I just thought that was a hilarious quote from Deshaun Stevenson, and that it was his tattoo artist, and it was just randomly at his house in Orlando. That's funny. Yeah, I didn't know the exact date on that. I forgot that that was in October. For some reason, I thought that was like around Christmas time that the season had had gotten like going a little bit. I forgot that that was like clearly before the season even yeah. started. Yeah, but yeah, and it's incredible. I mean, they the NBA's recently moved the season up, so you could have games before October nineteenth. But this is definitely before the season back then. Um, yeah, yeah, super wild <laughs> that he got it that early. Um, and we see fans do this now, but Jet was like a player to do that. So wild for a team that had plus two thousand title odds with the Miami Heat. You know, big three that had just you know formed. You have the Lakers that had just come off two titles. You have the Spurs that are still in their prime. Like it's just wild that he decided to go do that. Uh, and if they don't win, you know, looking back, that's a crazy choice that he made. But it ended up paying yeah. off as the one of the greatest like bet on yourself moments. Heck yeah, him and like Joe Flacco. I looked <laughs> look at don't, I looked don't, at Dirk. Okay, if I can't comp- if I can't talk about the Lakers, you can't compare this team to Joe Flacco. <laughs> um, looking at Dirk's Dirk, Dirk's numbers for that season, he averaged twenty three a game. But I just laugh at the three point attempts games because I just think about what it would be like in today's game. He averaged two point three two point three threes a game dur- that that year. Attempted or made? Pro- attempted. <laughs> how how many? He's like a how he's many like the, th- the best stretch big. Like people look at him as pioneering the stretch. I mean, Towns takes like ten threes a game now. I, that's my thing. Like, how many threes were Dirk attempt per game in today's game? Man, like it. I mean, I mean, it would just be two point three a game. That's wild. He didn't even make one per game in the regular season. I know it's just insane to think about that. And uh, he was basically ninety percent um, free throw shooter and just. 
I, I'm so excited to talk about these series because <clears throat> you got the general. We can do a preview of the preview because <laughs> you you have that like Portland series yeah. that <clears throat> has those you know a young Lamarcus Aldridge and Brandon Roy coming off the bench for the most part. That Lakers series that. We'll go more into, but I could watch that series all day, every day, uh, you know, because I obviously hate the Lakers, but just seeing Dirk out-duel, <laughs> out-duel Kobe in those, just, yeah, in that game one win, crazy, the blowout, uh, but then the Dirk series that I, I just always personally just call it the Dirk series is that OKC series. Huge. And what Dirk did in that OKC series against those young guys. And I mean, that game one, I think he put a 48. Yep. And just the crazy stuff that happened. And just the. Just the fact that this Mavericks team, with those odds before the season, the Vets losing Karan Butler, they go into the playoffs, and they lose five total games. <laughs> five. In to the win whole, a title. The whole run, not, not just <laughs> they, you know, in going The Portland up. Trailblazers beat them twice, and the Miami Heat beat them twice, and then OKC beats them once. And, I mean... The, like that's just crazy that coming out of the like if you told them coming out of the first round against Portland and your next three series would be the Lakers the Thunder and the Heat and you would only lose three games like that I mean no one would make that bet outside of you know the actual players outside of Jason people. Terry with he would tattoo it on his other bicep exactly so anyway I can't wait to talk about it can't wait so we'll do it tomorrow we'll go through the actual path all the reasons why this team was was pretty desperate there's so many storylines that I went through that I want to talk about so we'll talk about that tomorrow guys we appreciate you jumping in thanks so much for listening we had a ton of you listen on Saturday which is super wild Saturday we had more downloads than we had during the week which was kind of weird uh, so your listening habits have obviously changed at this point but thank you guys Everybody's so much for just... listening still and hanging out with us and we'll keep churning these out we're not you know the rest of the Lockdown Network seems to be going to three a week and we're going to stay with five so uh, we'll do one every day for you guys thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps peace out boom